Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Free Zone. We got Derek with me again tonight. Uh, Derek, how you doing? Doing good. I, I was just thinking that's the third version of an intro song we used by a different artist each time. Really, same song. Uh huh. Like sports songs are all the same song. It's like <laughs> the same yeah, instrument. I'll, same I'll admit I hadn't even noticed that it was different. To be honest with you, I, I listened to an old episode the other day, and I was like, "Oh, we use that." Yeah, we've used three separate artists' songs, and then all the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so the uh, football season is winding down. There are only sixteen teams still playing, and that it, it'll wrap up this weekend. Um, we have the 4A game Friday, I believe, because they had to move it out of Topeka because of uh, COVID restrictions in Topeka. So they'll play the 4A state championship Friday in Hutchinson, and then the 3A state championship will be Saturday in Hutchinson. Other than that, all the state championship games will be Saturday. And so today we're going to kind of preview those. Also, uh, a big meeting yesterday, the Keisha Board of Directors met yesterday uh, they were considering a proposal to push the winter sports season back to January 14th. And, uh, we'll talk about what decision they came up with, but they came up with a compromise decision that will allow sports to pretty much play a full season. However, there won't be any spectators, uh, in the gym for most of the season. And so, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And then I'm sure some other topics will come up as, as we discuss those two things. But the first thing I, I really wanted to do is, is kind of wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving will be tomorrow. Um, I know for some of you, you're, you're kind of trying to limit gathering sizes and that sort of thing. And that's, that's, uh, that's great, you know. Um, but we wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving and, and hope that you'll all, you know, stay safe and enjoy your time with uh as far as thanksgiving goes um all right first things first let's take a look at the state championship games we'll start off with eight man eight man division two is one of only two games that features that features two undefeated teams you've got 10 and 0 hanover versus 11 and 0 saint francis um both of them are teams that have been in the state championship before. Both of them are teams that have a history of being pretty strong. Um, looking through the schedule, it looked to me like Hanover has probably played a little better schedule than St. Francis has, but I don't know. You know, I mean, that's that's just my opinion glancing through it, so I don't know whether that's really true or not. But uh, that ought to be a heck of a game, Hanover and St. Francis. And both of them have shown an ability to play some defense too, which, you know, sometimes eight man can, can be a very offensive game. And, 
Both of those are teams that look like they played some defense. They both have several shutouts over the course of the season. So, so I think that ought to be an interesting game. And that game is being played in Newton. I believe it is being played at like uh, 11 or 11.30 there Saturday morning. The next game, eight-man division one, is also being played in Newton Saturday. It'll follow the, the division two game, and that features 12-0 Leota versus 10-2 Little River. Uh, you know, Little River had two losses in the regular season to Clifton Clyde and to Canton Galva. Both of those teams were ranked in the top five in the state at the time that they beat Little River. Both of them lost in the playoffs. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, little, little river, I believe came back and beat Clifton Clyde in the playoffs. So, so avenge that loss from the regular season. So again, that ought to be a great matchup. I think, you know, a lot of people feel like Leota is, is probably the team to beat there. Leota has looked awful good and, and that'll be an interesting game there for sure too. In 1A, We've got 11-0 Olpe, who has been ranked number one most of the season, versus 10-2 Oakley. Oakley had two losses in the regular season. Those losses were to Inman and to Smith Center. And guess who they beat the last two games? Inman and Smith Center. Yeah, so uh, Oakley came back and beat both of the teams that beat them in the regular season in the playoffs to make it to the playoffs. And Oakley, defensively especially, has looked very strong the last, well, really in their playoff run. They've also scored points, don't get me wrong, but their defense has especially looked strong. They shut Inman out and I believe only allowed one touchdown to Smith Center. So their defense is playing really well right now. At the same time, Olpe has been in the state championship before multiple times. They're, they're a, uh, you know, a program with, with some history and some veterans there. And so, uh, you know, again, we hope that's going to be a great matchup. Olpe probably has the edge when it comes to experience. I don't know about talent, and we'll kind of see that Saturday. By the way, guys, if you want to check these games out, all of them live stream on the National Federation site. If you just go to uh, Keisha's website, kshsaa.org, you'll find a link there to the games. And... Um, the problem is I think it's a subscription service. You know, you're going to have to pay something to watch them. So, so they're not, they, they don't stream free. You, if you want to watch them, they, it is available, but you're going to have to pay for the privilege. Okay. I, you know, I, I think I'd like to see someday where you see high school football on television to at least some kind of capacity where you see that like college football, you know, like, you know, the, the technology is there. There's there's yeah. some tremendous pl uh, football teams in high yeah. school level, you know. You, you do just a little bit. ESPN and some of the ESPN channels, I don't think it's the main channel, but e ESPN has started carrying some high school football games. As a matter of fact, they even kind of like create some matchups early in the season, you know, kind of before college and, and the pros are playing. And it's a, it's a way for them to get some people watching football before the college and the pros are playing. But yeah, they've started carrying some, some high school matchups. And I think they usually run at least one high school game a week. Nice. But now there you're talking about, you know, because they have all the high schools in the nation to choose yeah. from. So they're usually running teams that are ranked in the top 10 or top 20 in the nation. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's still pretty limited, but they, they do at least show some high school football. And I, I like to watch it when I get a chance, you know. Do you uh, know if any Kansas schools are ranked high in the nation? Uh, I don't believe any are this year. But there have been some Kansas schools that have been at times, and there have been some Kansas schools that have played on ESPN in the past. You know, okay. I know, and and sometimes it's not always just being highly ranked. Sometimes if you have a player that is way up there on the recruiting list, sometimes that'll get you on ESPN. You know, like Dodge City had a quarterback here a few years back that that everybody was talking about, and and that one of their games ended up getting carried by ESPN. So yeah, it's, it's a, a combination of things. Now, Kansas is not really one of the bigger football states. You know, when you talk about big football states, you're usually talking about Texas, Florida, California, you know, some others across the South, even Pennsylvania sometimes, you know, but, 
but at the same time, there are occasionally some teams from Kansas. Yeah. That, that, that are, uh, get enough attention to, to climb into those rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mill Valley is one that has been there a couple of times. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe Aquinas has at least been talked about. And now when I'm talking about in the rankings, I'm not necessarily talking about in the top 10, but at least top 25 or top 50 yeah. getting into the conversation, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it happens some. Which big in top 50 in the United States is pretty big. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So the two, a game is the other game that features two undefeated teams in two a you've got 12 and 0 Rossville versus 12 and 0 Hoisington. Now for Hoisington, it is their first appearance in a state championship game for Rossville. They have appeared in multiple state championship games. I honestly think that Hoisington might have more talent than Rossville this year. And hopefully Hoisington, you know, sometimes getting to the state championship game, if you've never been there before, and and I'm not just talking about in football, I'm talking about in any sport. Sometimes getting there, if you've never been there itself can be a little intimidating for some teams. Mm -hmm. So hopefully Hoisington's got their heads screwed on straight and they're ready to play Rossville Saturday. Cause I, I really believe they might have better talent. Hoisington, I've seen them. We see them in track every year. And, you know, they've now granted, we didn't have a track season last year, so it's been a while Mm -hmm. since I've seen them, but they, they have had some really phenomenally talented kids for, for such a small school. Of course, they sit there just a little bit North of uh, great bend. What, I don't know, 10, 15 miles North of great bend. And for those of you that don't know where Hoisington is, so that that's where it is. And I don't know if maybe they draw some kids from that Great Bend area or not. They might. Well, then you also got to look at like uh, Pep Rally School Spirit and stuff. I'm guessing the Hoisington school this week was a little bit more excited than the other oh, yeah. school, considering, you know, the other school has a bunch of, you know, they have a bunch of, you know, of raft, things in their rafters stating they've been to state yeah. games and stuff in the past. Yeah, um, absolutely. And a, lot, and a lot of times football is uh, the it, it, you can be a very talented person, but if it, if your attitude is yeah. you know in the wrong yeah. place, it, you're you're it's a recipe for disaster, you know. And just sometimes just being in a clutch situation, like in a state game, you can play not your best game, you know, just because you're in yeah. your head. Absolutely. Yeah, football is a very mental game, and it's a very uh, I don't know, very momentum driven game, you know. Um, I, you know, you and I had talked about this. I was watching some, uh, film from my last season coaching at Elkhart in 2009. And, uh, I was watching some of those games and, oh, some of them, we started off so slow and so sloppy. You know, I was looking at the Stanton County game and the lacrosse game in that lacrosse game, they led us 18 to 16 in the second quarter before we we opened up and scored like 22 points on them there in the second quarter and the game was pretty well over with by halftime but it just it 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 really struck me how and part of it was probably the structure of the offense that we ran at that time how we would just kind of be you know moving along not looking bad but not looking great and then we'd just kind of slowly gain momentum and 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 that team you know, that year had a tendency to do that. We'd just slowly gain momentum and pretty soon we were snowballing along. And, you know, I think we ended up beating, uh, uh, beating lacrosse like 60 to 26 and Johnson, they jumped up to a lead early on us. We ended up beating them like 66 to 12 or something like that, you know, but in both of those games, we were really slow starting and really, you know, so not just to talk about Elkhart, but I mean, the point is that football is a game of momentum too. In number one, it's a mental game. The mental part of it's very important. And number two, it, it really can be a game of momentum and the momentum can shift a lot over the course of a game too. All right. Three, a we've got Andale at 11 and O and Perry Lee Compton at 11 and one. To be honest with you, in some ways, this might be the best matchup out of all the state games. Andale, again, is a tremendously talented team, uh, typically. Um, I, I, I haven't seen them play this year. I And they're another one we see in track and field every year. 
when we go to Goddard, Andale is always there, and Andale always has for for a smaller school. They've always got a ton of athletes. Um, so you know, and and again, like I said, I haven't seen them in a couple of years, but I, I'm sure that's going to be a good game. Then uh, the four A state game, we've got seven and four St. James Academy versus six and six Arc City. It's not very often that you see a state championship game where the two teams have 10 losses between them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that happens because 4A schools play a lot of 5 and 6A schools. Okay. That's part of the reason why 4A schools often have some losses. How Whereas, is that fair? And why, why is, that a, why is well, that a practice? Okay. So here's what happens. First of all, there, there are less four, five, and six A schools. Those classifications are smaller than the other classifications. Okay. So your four A schools generally end up in the same leagues as your five and six A schools. And so they end up playing a lot of those five and six A schools. Whereas it seems like usually your three, two, one A schools, they end up playing each other a lot. So a lot of times you see teams with really good records in 3A and even sometimes in 2A and maybe not as good in 1A because those 1A schools are playing a lot of the 2 and 3A schools, right? Well, it works the same with the bigger schools too, but there are less of the bigger schools than there are the smaller schools. So it's more likely that you have a 4A school playing a 6A school, okay? Now, it it happens other places as well, you know? I mean, um, you it's, it's not unusual to see Scott City playing a 4, 5, or 6A school. It's not unusual to see Hugoton or Goodland or, you know, uh, Colby even probably playing 4, 5, 6A schools. It's more common. That is probably maybe a little more common in the western half of the state because there are so few big schools. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In the western half of the state. Um, I mean, if you draw, the, if, you, if you cut the state in half, and let's even give Wichita to the west half of the state. It's not. It's actually in the east half of the state, just barely. But it's actually in the east half of the state. But let's give Wichita to the west half of the state because it doesn't if you don't, then the only only four, five, six A schools in the west half of the state basically are Ulysses, uh, Hayes, Great Bend, Liberal, Dodge City, Garden City. I mean, that's about it, you know? Um if you give Wichita to the west half of the state, then you get those Wichita schools, you know. But it's so, the big school divisions are so east-centered that, you know, the the Topeka schools are usually in the west side of the bracket. You know, so it, so yeah, out in the western half of the state, your, your four, five, and six A schools have to travel pretty good distances to play their games, or they've got to schedule smaller schools. Well, generally they don't get all that many opportunities to schedule smaller schools, but maybe one or two games a year. And the rest of the time, then, you know, they're, they're headed to Wichita probably. Are those generally pretty lopsided games or do you usually get good games? No, no, not necessarily at all. As a matter of fact, I, 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 I think you, all right. So Ulysses and Liberal play every year. Ulysses is a four A school and Liberals a five A school. Actually, they don't play every year, but they they've played most years in the last say six or seven years. Actually, in the in the last ten years, really, they've played most years. And I think Ulysses ha- 
has probably they've definitely won the majority of that game those games i think liberals probably beaten ulysses once or twice in those games you know i mean it's so no it's not necessarily lopsided at all and you know they've some of those smaller schools scott city and ulysses they've had real good records against garden city dodge city hayes so yeah it's it's not necessarily lopsided at all um this year was really different in scheduling though okay so for for the WAC teams those wichita schools the 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 usd 259 schools the actual wichita district schools they didn't play anybody but each other and most of the WAC schools were scheduled to play two or three games against those schools so we had to fill in holes in our schedule you know at, at liberal we ended up we ended up with one open date we ended up picking up goodland and we ended up picking up ulysses um so there were a couple of games that we got against smaller schools that we wouldn't have played otherwise in the past you know we dropped ulysses off the schedule a couple of years ago or or they dropped us one or the other i'm not real sure how that went <laughs> probably what it came out to was we just couldn't get it worked out to schedule yeah. each other you know because that's a good game for both schools you know it's it, you're only an hour apart you know you, you ought to be playing each other Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we had to, uh, we, we lost our game against Guyman because of travel restrictions at the time. If we had left, if we had gone to play out of state, we were going to have to quarantine for 14 days when we came back. So there, and that kind of stuff was going on all over the state. And some of the, some of the leagues and some schools didn't start playing until like game till week three or four. You know, like the USD 259 schools and like some of those Kansas City schools, some of those Johnson County schools, they didn't even start playing until week, you know, two, three, four. And so, so we've got some records and some, some, some schedules that were just really different this year than they would have been in the past. You know, like Mill Valley, Mill Valley's in the state championship game. They've got two losses. One of those was to Bentonville, Arkansas, who I'm pretty sure was a replacement game trying to fill a hole in their schedule they the other one they lost to gardner edgerton a team that they probably wouldn't have even played if not for again trying to fill holes in their schedule now gardner edgerton's right there in the in the area with them but gardner edgerton i believe is in the avctl so they probably normally wouldn't have had open games uh mill valley's in the eastern kansas league um you know, the Blue Valley schools, they didn't start playing until a later, little later than everybody else. That's why Blue Valley North is in the state championship game, and they've only played nine games instead of normally a team that's played a full schedule would be at 12 games in the state championship mm-hmm. game. And, you know, we don't have all that many st- schools in the state championship that have played 12 games. We've got Perry LeCompton, Rossville, Hoisington, Oakley, Leota, and Little River. So we've only got about six out of 16 teams that are in the state championship games that actually played a full schedule. So that's that's kind of how goofed up the everything was this season as far as scheduling goes. Oh, I missed Arc City. Arc City, six and six. They played 12 games also. So... So there you go. I mean, you know, hats off to the people that figured out how to get you guys playing this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and and you know, we we're you got to be glad. You know, if you had administrators that were willing to to put in the work to try and find you know fill holes in those schedules, and the state activities association who helped us with some flexibility, and I think sometimes helped schools find opponents on open dates and so yeah that's one thing yeah you got to give everybody a big hand for being flexible this year and for for getting in as many games as we could that's for sure all right so let's see now we're up to 5a no 4a 4a this will be played friday in hutchinson and the 4a state championship game features seven and four saint james academy against six and six arc city this is one I'd love to see Arc City win this game. Arc City has not been very good in football. 
Actually, they had a pretty good little run in the playoffs last year, kind of like this year. They came in with not a very good record and then made a little run. Did not get to the state championship game, though. Uh, but this year, they came into the playoffs at 2-6. and six. They've won four games in the playoffs, and they're in the state championship game. I'd love to see Arc City win that game. I'll be honest with you. St. James Academy's probably I, – I say that. I don't know. McPherson was an awful good team, and they beat McPherson to get to the state championship game. So, you know, anything could happen here, and, and hopefully that's going to be a great game between St. James Academy and Arc City. St. James Academy definitely in the regular season played a tougher schedule than Arc City did. But then again, St. James Academy also lost four games in the regular season. They also came into the playoffs with a losing record. Okay. They're really? seven and four now, which means they were three and four coming into the playoffs. So both of those teams in that state championship game started the playoffs with a losing record. And that's one of the reasons why it irritates me when I start hearing people say, Oh, we, we get, we let too many people into the playoffs. You don't want those teams with losing records in the playoffs. Hey, here's a state championship game for you where both of those teams came into the playoffs with losing records a two and six team versus a three and four team in the state championship game so you know you just anything can happen in the playoffs and that's why One you know that's ones like everybody loves a good underdog story you know like absolutely both teams have been crushing it since the playoffs started absolutely yeah all right, probably the, you know, an, another of those big games, uh, I mean, obviously they're all big games because they're state championships, but another one that people are looking at is kind of the game of the week, maybe the game of the year here. In 5A, you've got Mill Valley at 8-2 and two versus Wichita Northwest at 10-0. and 0. Now, this is a rematch of last year's 5A state championship game. Mill Valley's two losses, like I said earlier, are to Bentonville, Arkansas, who is, uh, I think, was the was at that time and might still be one of the top-ranked teams in the state of Arkansas. Their other loss was to Gardner Edgerton. Now, Gardner How the Edgerton, heck did they play an Arkansas team? Well, they were filling a hole in their schedule. Um, oh, I guess you guys play Oklahoma teams and stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. And Bentonville, Arkansas is not that far away from Kansas City. Okay. I mean, it. I know it seems like Arkansas is a ways away, but from the Kansas City area down to Bentonville, Arkansas, it's not even further than it is for, for us going to Wichita, you know? Uh -huh. I mean, so I think it's, yeah, probably about a four-hour drive, something like that. So, yeah, it's – and I know that because, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, because of NASCAR – See, Bentonville, <laughs> Arkansas, I think is where Mark Martin is from, and he always considered Kansas City his home track. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so did Carl Edwards, who was from Missouri, you know. <laughs> Those guys always considered that track at Kansas City their home track. I didn't know you're a big NASCAR guy, Norm. I'm not a big NASCAR guy, <laughs> but I watch it some, and I know a little bit about it. <laughs> when I lived in North Carolina, that was a it was a bigger part of my life as far as people around me watching it. Oh, I'll bet, yeah, yeah, I was really big down there. Not you know, not a whole lot of people when I was in Kansas stuff, but you know, it's I I think it's one of those things that if you go to a NASCAR event, it would be awesome. You yeah. know. Um, yeah. I'm not the kind of guy that can watch it very long, but yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of surprised to hear you say you're a NASCAR guy. A little, not a NASCAR guy, but you, you, you dabble. You dabble in NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I, I watch the races more certain times of the year. You know, in the summer, I watch watch racing a little more. Of course, I kind of like watching racing. You know, I used to tell my dad I didn't understand how he could watch baseball on TV. I love watching baseball at the ballpark. I hate watching it on TV. It's yeah. just so boring to me on TV. But dad always said, oh, now, you know, you, were, you walk, watch the first inning or two, and then you take a nap. And then, <laughs> well, that's kind of the way I watch racing. I kind of watch the first few laps and take a little nap. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't consider myself a hardcore NASCAR fan by any means, but yeah. But at the same time, I do I do watch watch the races, uh, especially during the summer, you know. And and I once football season starts, I don't watch them much. Does that have anything to do with being around Hugoden and they had that dirt track all those years? Or uh, you know, not really, because that came along after I was, was uh, gone. Okay. But at the same time, there were members of my family that were race fans and even raced, you know, old cars on dirt tracks like that, you know. 
So yeah, I, I, it's not like I was never around racing. I was around at some, and also kind of, you know, I think growing up, I think kind of the, the late seventies, but especially kind of the eighties and even into the early nineties, that was kind of a golden age for NASCAR in there. You know, there were a lot of drivers that were really fun to watch and there were, you know, and and so I can kind of, I probably watched more then obviously than I do now, but, but yeah, it was just something, you know, that growing up the, you know, we watched races some and, and, you know, I've got members of my family that go to races and that kind of thing, but but no, like I said, I'm not, not exactly a hardcore fan, but I do, do watch some racing and I, I do at least know who some of those people are. Yeah. Tracy said he enjoyed playing against your dad in uh football and basketball. Yeah. 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 I, Tracy's the uh, radio guy, right? Yeah. Well, I think Tracy's retired now. But he yeah, was, Tracy, like, that's why he Tracy was. was a radio guy. Yeah. And, and when Tracy says playing against, I think he means playing against teams that my dad coached probably okay. i don't okay. tracy's not as old as my dad uh-huh. he's he's a little younger than my dad but but yeah I, I i do think that that's probably what tracy means but yeah tracy's a tracy's a great guy i, I know you probably you don't know him but he is a great guy and he he has you know was an institution out there in radio in southwest kansas for a long time and you know I, and it always, I, I like to see that he's watching the show every now and then. That's great. Well, you um, know, that's, as you know, the, the, lo- the local stations out there in the Midwest and stuff, like that's one place where you, you're guaranteed to find some high school football, you know? So oh, yeah, it's always patronize like high school sports in general, but you know, you can, if it's a Friday night in Kansas, you can catch a game generally on a, on a radio station. Yeah, absolutely. You know, either, either FM or AM, a lot of those AM stations, you know, at night you can catch them and yeah, you'll, you'll find games and you can, you know, listen to games from all over the Midwest really on FM or I mean on AM, you know, because of the distance that it carries. Um, and you know, it has cracked me up the last few years too. One of the better Kansas scoreboard shows is actually on KGYN out of Gaiman. Really? Yeah. Well, because it's a Larry Steckline station now. Okay. And so it's in there with the Kansas Agronet and all of that, you know. And so they they have a Kansas scoreboard show on on their Friday night. And and I listen to it because as I'm driving home from Liberal after a home game, you know, KSCB, they're powered powered up in the day and then they power down at night. So you you lose KSCB AM about, oh, seven to 10 miles west of town. And so if I want to listen to a scoreboard show, I've got to tune in KGYN on my drive back to Elkhart to listen mm-hmm. to a scoreboard show. So I've, I, I've been glad of that show. I've listened to it a lot the last few years. That's awesome, man. <laughs> All right, let's see now. Oh, we still have 6A left in state championship games. All right, so 6A state championship game. We've got 7-2 and two Blue Valley North. Their two losses are to Blue Valley and Blue Valley West. And we've got 8-2 and two Derby, whose two losses are to Mill Valley and a one-point loss to Mays. You know, Derby did. Derby looked beatable early in the season. But Derby is one that they've really come on and played well in the last few weeks. And I know nothing about Blue Valley North. I really don't. All I know is, is who they've played. I know that they've played pretty well, although they lost to a couple of the other Blue Valley schools who obviously did not last long in the playoffs. And so that is a little bit of a red flag there. So we'll see how that Derby Blue Valley North game comes out, you know, but uh, Derby is the defending state champion in 6A. And I think they've probably got a pretty good chance at repeating, but you know, Blue Valley North, I'm sure is going to give them a game. So that that'll be another interesting one. Yeah. And anyway, so if you get a chance to check out those games, like I said, you'll have to pay for it, but if you want to stream them, you can go to uh, kshsaa.org and there'll be a link there. It's through the National Federation Network and so you'll have to uh I don't even see I think somebody said it's like 12.95 for a for a year long subscription. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. website for details. I'm not sure of that, you know, but but that's what I've heard. So but, is that if you get that year long, you probably don't know. But is it so on that? Do they on normal Fridays? Do they they air some games every Friday? I, I don't think they do on Fridays, but they would air like playoff games, okay, and then all of your state championships, I believe. So like you could watch state championship basketball, state championship wrestling, uh, the state track meet, you know, state baseball. You know, all all of the state championships in every sport will stream there on the National Federation site. Yeah. And I think, and if it's a twelve ninety five, you know, subscription for for a year, you know, twelve ninety five to watch all the state championship games. If that's what it is, that that's yeah. not such a bad deal, you know. Yeah. Especially if you've got kids that are going to be competing at that level, you yeah. know. So, so yeah, it's it's really probably not a bad deal. Um. All right. So speaking of Keisha, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, KSHSA executive or not executive board, the board of directors. All right. So Keisha basically asked, commissioned a report from a, I'm trying to think how they referred to them. I believe they called them their medical committee. Okay, so they they formed a medical committee and they had medical experts on it and they asked them for a report on the winter sports season. And that's where all of this started. Okay, and that medical committee made some recommendations and there were multiple recommendations, but here, here were the big ones. They recommended, number one, that we don't start the winter sports season until January 14th. Number two, that we don't allow spectators in the gym until January 29th. And number three, they wanted to extend the no practice moratorium, which always exists for five days over Christmas break. They wanted to extend that to 10 days. Okay. So that, those were, that wasn't all of their proposal, but that was the three big points of their proposal. That's what they threw against the wall. Right. What stuck? Well, okay, so that went first to the executive board, okay? And the executive board is like, uh, oh, I should know off the top of my head how many are on it, but it's it's a relatively small number, like uh, I think eight or ten people on the executive board, okay? And so back at the beginning of football season, they they'd proposed – delaying the start of football season for a week and cutting a game off the season and doing some things like that, that didn't even make it past the executive board. The executive board voted it down. Okay. So this proposal then first went to the executive board and the executive board then in the words of the executive board, they didn't approve the proposal, but they agreed that they should pass it on to the full board of directors for a vote. And so they voted then to pass it on to the board of directors, which would be the same thing that would have happened if they'd approved it. So, you know, they're, they're putting their spin on it, but one way or the other, they passed it on to the executive board or to the, to the board of directors. Sorry. So the board of directors is 79 members, 79 voting members. Okay. And at one point, all 79 of them were there. As the meeting started to drag on, you know, two hours in, we still hadn't taken our first vote. One or two people had to leave. They had things they had to do or 
or whatever. So, you know, it's pretty tough, even virtually, it's pretty tough to get 80 people together for over two hours. And so, so two hours in, they still hadn't had a vote. So I think once they actually started voting, there were actually 77 members voting. Okay. And what happened was basically as they brought up each of these action items, and I think there were 12 of them to vote on, people started to make amendments to them or propose amendments to them. And so you know how, how parliamentary procedure and all that works. First, somebody says, okay, I make a motion or, or I'd like to present an amendment and they present an amendment and then somebody has to make a motion to, you know, and then that has to have a second and then they vote on the amendment. And anyway, I, I by three 30, I'd had all I could take and <laughs> I shut it off. Okay. And, and they were getting to where, getting to where they were headed at three 30, but I had had enough. It was time to drive home to Elkhart. I was, mm -hmm. I was watching this in my classroom in liberal. <laughs> so what they eventually came out with, and, and they were pretty much headed this direction by three 30 was rather than moving the start of the season back to January 14th, we're going to go ahead and start the disease, start the season December 1st. And we're going to go from December 1st to December, to December 23rd. So roughly three weeks there with no spectators. <coughs> and we're going to allow the kids to compete and see how it goes. Okay. The medical committee admitted that they're not so worried about transmission from athlete to athlete. They're much more worried about transmission from the crowds because now these are indoor sports, basketball, wrestling, um, bowling, swimming. Although my guess is bowling and swimming are not huge spectator mm -hmm. sports. They will have some spectators though. Okay. It's not like there are no spectators, but you're not going to, yeah, you're not going to have quite the spectators packed in quite there like you would some others. So really let's face it. Mostly they were talking about basketball. Mm. It, it applies to every sport because you get spectators at every sport, but what they were really mostly talking about was basketball. I don't remember anybody other than during one of the amendments when they were talking about specific adjustments to the season. I don't remember anybody mentioning a sport other than basketball. Mm. So the board of directors was considering basketball. Okay. Um, so the decision then to not have any crowds is probably, uh, you know, was probably a, a, a pretty good compromise. Okay. It still allows the students to play, but it does eliminate those crowds in the stands and worrying about further transmission that way. Okay. So then they decided that, well, actually the first thing they voted on was the practice moratorium. Now there's always a five day practice moratorium over Christmas break. They decided to extend that to 10 days from December 23rd to January 3rd. And that was actually the first thing that they voted on was extending the practice moratorium, or at least the first solid thing that they voted on. <laughs> um, and so they did that. Then later, I think maybe they wished they hadn't voted on that in quite that order because then they ended up having a competition moratorium from December 23rd to January 7th. In other words, making it possible for people to play on January 8th. Okay. Well, the problem with that is they'd already voted a practice moratorium to January 3rd, which means you, you can play on the 8th, but you're only going to have three days of practice there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that, that'll create a, a problem for some people, obviously, but better that better playing with a little bit of practice than not playing at all. I'm yeah. sure the way most people will look at it. So they did keep the spectators out until at least January 29th. So basically in December and January for winter sports, there will be no spectators not even parents. Okay. One of the proposals was, well, let's allow parents to come in, you know? Well, of course that gets pretty tough to police, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, you still have crowds and okay. So I can understand all that. So to be honest with you, I thought that the no spectators thing was probably a pretty darn good compromise. I really did. Mm 
Um, and kind of like we've talked about, I think it's going to create streaming. I think you're going to have a lot, lot more people live streaming events. My guess is just about all of them are going to be at least attempting to live stream their events. And by the way, this also applies to junior high. Okay, junior high could have crowds. If, if you were already playing junior high basketball or doing, I, I don't think anybody started wrestling in junior high yet, but if you had junior high sports already going on, you've had crowds. Well, all that ends as of December the 1st, okay? Which means pretty much as soon as we come back off of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. break, then there will be no crowds for the junior high games either. Yeah. Uh, so, so this extends to the junior high as well. Um, and so, you know, the good news is pretty much everybody's going to get to play. By the way, the original proposal was for no invitational tournaments. I think they may have dropped that proposal. I haven't seen it mentioned in what they passed. And so I think that probably people are going to be able to play tournaments, but that's something that I'll, I'll check into and we'll see, you know, mm-hmm. over the next few, few days. But, um, so I think pretty much the seasons are going to be left intact. If anybody misses games, it's going to be maybe one or two games at the most. And so that that's good. You know, I, I kind of like with football, you know, I want people to be safe. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge the, the dangers of this disease. You know, I had it myself. I was, I was lucky enough to have a very mild case of it, but a lot of people have not been that lucky. You know, here in Elkhart, we've seen our cases explode in recent days. You know, a month ago, I think we had two deaths from COVID. Now we've got six. You know, um, we've got well over, I I think we're getting close to 200, you know, identified positive cases. We've got a lot of people recovered, but there's still, you know, 25 or 30 active cases in the county. And, and, And that, you know, seems to be holding about seems to be holding fairly steady 25 or 30 active cases pretty much every week the last three or four weeks and uh, you know the hospitalizations we've had over 26 hospitalizations you know we've got a 20 bed hospital here and it's pretty darn tough right now to find anybody that will take transfers um i think the people from elkhart that have been really sick have ended up in in denver that's the closest place they've found that will take transfers. And so we've got sick people going to Denver because, you know, Dodge City, Garden City, Liberal, Wichita, they won't take them. You know, they're, they're already full themselves. And so we've got a serious situation going on here. And I think some, uh, some of us want to ignore that situation. You know, it, it's, we don't like it. And so we want to ignore it. Well, you know, you can ignore it if you want, but it's not going to do you any good. You know, uh, we've got to acknowledge the situation at the same time. The research shows that the risk to high school students is relatively small, uh, even smaller than it would be for you or, or definitely smaller than it would be somebody of my age, you know? And so I think we can also acknowledge that fact. And so, to me, the idea of letting the kids play the games, but not having, you know, spectators in the, uh, in the, in the facilities with them, I think that's probably a pretty good compromise. I think it keeps kids competing. It keeps kids that need that involvement involved because that's, those are the, I mean, that's another vulnerable population that you have to worry about. Yeah. You know, a lot of your kids are just, they would be just fine without athletics because, you know, they're, they're, but you've got other kids that mentally, emotionally, they rely on it. You know, they need that sense of belonging. They need that outlet. They need, you know, whatever it is, they need, need to be a part of a team, What whatever it is, you know. And so to me, it's great that we've been able to preserve you know, the season and preserve competition and keep those kids on teams and involved with teams and, and working toward a common goal. Um, and, and hopefully we found a way to do it in a much safer environment. 
I'm all for them uh, still playing, but being cautious. You know, and you have people that don't want to take it seriously, but I'm seeing less and less of those people. Yeah, honestly, most of the people that were pretty adamant about this being not a a non-issue got it. Yeah, and that's just yeah. yeah You're right. There are a lot of people that yeah. Like a lot, a lot of, of my friends that, that were like, you know, was... this is government tyrannic, tyrannical stuff, you know, but yeah. they got COVID, you know, and they, they, they didn't, they didn't. And now they're like, oh, this is real. This is real. I feel terrible. Yeah. And I think that uh, Elkhart, especially, you know, because I, I follow a lot of people from Elkhart. It, it looks like uh, there, there's a different tune yeah. being sung down there now. Like it's yeah. kind of well, like, the okay. County, the county commissioners voted to go ahead and abide by the governor's mask mandate. And that went into effect today, but I've here in Elkhart, but I got to tell you the last week or two around Elkhart, if you go to the grocery store, you go to the dollar store, most of the people there are wearing masks. Not all of them by any means, but most of them, you know, I'm in a city and I, I, every time I go to the gas station, there's at least one person that doesn't have a mask on. Yeah. And I just avoid them. And that's the problem. You know, the problem with the masks is that the, and, and you know, I get, yeah, I, I don't want to get started on a rant here. Okay. But yeah. I get tired of the deceptive things that get passed around in the news, you know, like I'm listening to, to some news program the other night and they're talking about how, Oh, see this study shows masks won't protect you from getting COVID. Well, no crap. We already knew that that's not the point of the mask. Okay. The mask isn't going to keep you from getting it. The mask is going to keep you from spreading it to somebody else. Yeah. You know, so you can, you can create studies and and say, Ooh, this is what you're talking about a meaningless issue. Okay. So yeah, the problem with the masks is obviously then because they are preventive, you know, they don't keep you from getting it. They keep you from spreading it. The problem is, you know, you need, you need everybody to be wearing one form to really be effective. You would. I'm. I'm a little younger than you. Uh, whenever like the the HIV pandemic happened, was there this much like backlash against like contraceptive and stuff? I mean, like no, little. No. I'm just wondering. It's just first like first of all, first of all, the AIDS the AIDS epidemic was completely different because it was originally presented to the public, even though it wasn't necessarily true. It was originally presented to the public as only affecting homosexuals and intravenous drug users. And so most people didn't worry about it at all. You know, if, if, if they weren't gay or, or, you know, a heroin user, they were, they weren't terribly worried about it. Yeah. Now, you know, Obviously, once certain people started, you know, coming down with HIV, probably Magic Johnson as much as anybody, that kind of started to wake some people up. But at the same time, yeah, everybody was just, everybody was terrified to the extent of they thought, oh, if they were around anybody that even, if they were even just around anybody that had AIDS, they were going to get AIDS. Well, no, that's not the way it works, you know. But yeah, there was, there was some paranoia, but you know, it, it wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a, a thing to focus on like masks, like there has been this, you know, I think probably the thing that, that comes closest to, to this, obviously we've had some flu pandemics, but mo- hardly anybody alive remembers any of those. Cause the last one was in 1918, you know, mm-hmm. well, that means you'd have to probably be about 115 or 120 to really remember. Yeah. Right. I mean, Joe Landrum's 106. He was alive in 1918, but he was what, four years old, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's not like he remembers it really, you know, um, probably the polio epidemic in the, say the forties and fifties might be one that would come a little closer to it, you know? Um, but, and I can remember when I was a kid, a couple of pretty bad, measles outbreaks yeah but the thing about those diseases that is different from this disease is those diseases got people's attention a lot quicker because they attacked children yeah you know and when a disease attacks little kids that gets people's attention a lot quicker you know at least i think it does yeah oh for sure if this thing was harming children left yeah, and it, right, you know, like it would, it would be a different world. 
yeah, if it was killing little kids at the rate that it's killing senior citizens, we'd be treating it completely differently. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to get too far off here. We only got two viewers, so who cares? Do you think <laughs> with the um, because right now we're talking about uh, mandates and, and decisions that are going to go all the way up until January, pending weird stuff happening, there is going to be a swap of power in January. Do you think that? Um, from the political standpoint, uh, having having the other the opposition in power than what's in now, that will change some of the decisions that are made on like high school sports levels. I, I, I kind of doubt it. It might a little bit, but I, I doubt that it's going to have a lot of effect. You know, one of the one of the truisms about politics is that all politics is local politics. Well, I think that's kind of what you got going on here. You know, I mean, some national politics probably does invade people's thoughts about this. Yeah. But for the most part, they're looking at what's happening around them in their communities, you know, rather than than some, you know. Well, I, I, and I'm only based off my my timeline. That's all I can speak of. Mm-hmm. But I say a lot of my friends that are happy about the change of power, that they're they're more the people that I would see people talking about uh, shutdowns, you know, canceling yeah. everything and stuff. Um, so I'm just curious if if we did do a swap of power in this country, would you have more more heat of of the higher up saying, "Hey, we're not going to go to school at all. We're not going to play sports." Yeah, I I don't know here. It, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you believe in the constitution at all, it shouldn't. And here's why the, when it comes to the constitution, public health and public safety are the purview of the States, not of the federal government. And so, you know, like people have talked about a nationwide mask mandate or a nationwide shutdown. If somebody were to try to implement those, they would almost certainly be unconstitutional because health and public safety is is the power of the states, not of the federal government. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's both a good and a bad thing. It cuts both ways. Okay. The good thing is, and it's kind of like, you know, our state legislature wanting to throw everything down to your county commissioners. Well, Number one, they were trying to make a political statement by taking power away from the government or governor. But Mm. number two, they're also passing the buck, right? They're saying, oh, we don't want to make this decision. Let the county commissioners make this decision, you know, and, and politicians do a whole lot of that. They, they couch it in some political language that makes it sound like they're saying one thing, Mm. but what they're really doing is passing the buck. You know, they're making somebody else make the decision. Well, you know, again, I, I'm a big believer in local control. I think in most ways it, it, it is the best system. You know, the lower form of government you have control at, the better to me. But you also have to be aware then that if you are going to let the lowest form of government, city and, and county governments make those decisions, then there's not going to be any uniformity to those decisions, Right. If you've got 105 counties in Kansas, there's going to be 105 different sets of rules, you know, and so that that's one of the things that you have to be aware of. And so in some ways, you know, it's good that we try to keep control of things like this at the lo- at, at the local level. But in some ways, it does create, you know some confusion mm-hmm. and some, some situations, you know, some, some localities are going to be really slow to respond. Other localities are probably going to over respond, you know? And, and so, and there's not going to be any great uniformity. You know, I was going to ask can, you, um, topic change kind of, but how yeah. did Wamigo fare this year? Cause I had a nephew on that team and I knew they were in here the last two shows ago and I guess they didn't make it. Yeah, no, uh, Wamigo, if I remember right, got, they, they were in the playoffs. They made it past the first round of the playoffs. They got bounced in the third round, I believe. And it may have even been by arc city. Okay. No, I take that back because arc city's in four a, and I'm pretty sure Wamigo was a three a school this year. Um, so it may have been by Andale. I'm not sure. Um, I can look that up for you real quick. I'd like though. to know that. 
Yeah, let me pull up. They were um, well. Amigos really good at streaming their games. Uh, my uncle, my uh, my not my uncle, my my brother in law would send me a link every Friday. Uh, generally, if they were home or on the road, there was generally a link to watch them play. Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Let me go. Well, I take it back. I don't see them in 3A. Maybe they were in 4A. It may have been Arc City that knocked them out. I thought they were a 3A school this year. You getting the city living in your ears? Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... You having a raid on a crack house in your neighborhood? (laughs) (laughs) My neighbor thinks I. I guess he had like a package stolen, and uh, he's he's he thinks our neighborhood's yeah. just like the worst neighborhood. He's like, ah, oh, this place is bad. I'm like, oh, yeah, there we the go. Package rent. I was right the first time. It was Arc City. Arc City Arc bounced Wamigo out twenty-one twenty. Ooh, in round in round three. That's a hell of a game. Okay, so Arc City. Here are like I said, they came in at two and six, right? Arc City beat Wellington 27 to 6 in the first round. They beat Andover Central, who they'd lost to in the regular season, I believe, 28-33. Beat Wamigo by a point, 21-20. And then to get to the state championship game, they beat McPherson by one point, 27-28. I love that, man. Yeah. So they've been winning them close all the way. But yeah, Wamigo, yeah, they got got knocked out in the third round by Arc City. And you know, Wamigo's one of those that they they they're usually pretty good, I think. I I think maybe it seems like they've been a little down the last couple of years, but they're usually pretty good and obviously they bounced back and were real good this year, so. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of good football this year, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was all things considered, it, it, it's been a really good football season. You know, it's, uh, and we've had surprisingly few problems. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that came out was, uh, there has not been a documented case of transmission of COVID from one athlete to another within a game. You know, there have been cases of it, maybe, you know, on teams, practices where those kids are around each other all the time, you know, but there's never been somebody brought to a football game and somebody else left it. Yeah. Yeah. There hasn't been a documented case of somebody catching it as a result of a game. And and so that's great, you know, because that's the one thing you wanted to obviously wanted to avoid. Um, And really in our schools, there has been surprisingly little transmission in, in our schools that I've seen. Most of the studies that I've seen have shown even though students are catching it, they're generally not catching it at school. They're generally catching it at home from people that they're around much more often than 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 their classmates, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I know at Liberal we've really limited the amount of time that kids are there in school, you know. I mean they're they're basically remote most of the time and they only spend 6 hours a week actually in the school building. Yeah. The rest of the time they're remote. But, you know, li- liberals, elementary school and middle school, they were they were pretty much full face to face. And they've now had to go back to full remote with you being At- special Ed, how much time were you spending with face to face time versus virtual time with your students? Um, almost. Well, other than the students that I have that are in my homeroom class, it's it's pretty much all virtual. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, you know, you have to have a remote learning contingency plan for each each uh, student on an IEP. And, yeah. You know, but the thing is, a lot of it is, you know, you design accommodations to help those students in the classroom. Well, they should still receive accommodated instruction, even if it is virtual. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. If, you, if you've done a good job of, of designing those accommodations to help the students, then, then they should be helping them virtually, too. Although, let's face it. It, it's special ed students are always going to be the ones that are least adaptable to change, you know, and at liberal, we had first a change in schedule to a flex mod schedule. And then we had, that was, you know, three years ago. And then la- last year we had, you know, the shutdown that came in the spring and 
than this year with it being mostly virtual. It's been a rough three years for SPED students. It's been a rough three years for ESL students. You know, at, let's, it's been a rough three years for everybody at, 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 at Liberal High School and a rough two years for people everywhere else. But, but especially for those vulnerable populations, your special ed students, your ESL students, uh, you know, and that's everywhere. It's not just at Liberal, you know, but yeah. it, it's been a rough couple of years for some of those, some of those more vulnerable populations. It really yeah. has. Wow, man. Well, Derek, have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. You too, huh? buddy. All right. Uh, guys, we will be back next week, the second. We've got the Liberal High School bowling coaches that will be on the show with us then. And then two weeks from tonight, uh, another show that I'm really looking forward to, we will have Tate Lowe. He is the head wrestling coach at Dodge City High School. He'll be on the show with us December 9th. And we'll be talking about Dodge City High School wrestling. We'll be talking about COVID protocols to try and keep our wrestlers safe. Um, I'm guessing that Coach Lowe will have something to say about whether or not he thinks there ought to be spectators, in, you know, watching yeah. them. And so we'll, those are all topics that we'll talk about. Um, also with our wrestling coaches, you know, their season's getting ready to start. They won't have spectators. Luckily, they're going to end up, I think, having a full season. If so, they may, if not, they may lose one date. Mm -hmm. But there was a point there where it looked like the wrestling season was going to be almost cut in half. Oh, wow. Or not wrestling, well, wrestling too, yeah, but bowling specifically is what yeah. I was talking about. And so, so you know, the, I'm sure they're glad to see the, the decision that the board of directors made, and we'll talk with them about that next week. Awesome. In the meantime, remember, uh, In the Free Zone with Norm is a Back Home Media production. Uh, Derek is one of the great people at Back Home Media, and uh, they offer a lot of services. Check out their webpage. Uh, in the meantime, check out In the Free Zone with Norm at all of these podcast platforms that you see right under my picture there. Okay, that can be downloaded in any of those podcast platforms. iHeartRadio is there, uh, Spotify, there's a lot of them there. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah, Apple, iTunes, all of them, okay, anywhere where you can find podcasts. The Back Home Media podcast, like 90% of the downloads come from Apple, it seems like, yeah. a lot of iPhone users. Yeah, and so that's great. But check us out there, download our podcasts, you know, listen to us. I, you know, we do a, a weekly show. It's 30 minutes to an hour. Listen to us on your morning drive, you know, uh, and we'll try to keep you in touch with what's happening in, in high school sports in, in this area and, and on beyond that. And uh, guys, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving and thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week with the uh, liberal high school bowling coaches. Derek, anything you want to add? That's all, buddy. All right. Great. We'll see you all next week. All right. Take it easy. Well, I don't think it. I thought it. That's different. I said what I said and I meant it or lamented. Words given weight without thought in a person. The way that I talk and the way that I ought to be able to pause and to say that the ball can be placed on my arms. I this playful assault to disgrace in this arm. Pray for the day they could wait for the calm. You can't control the storm. Only weather it, weather it. Five weeks and five days of rain sideways. Or scorched earth, search for death or water. Left with all the thorns, with the petals gone. Settle on the breath of autumn. If the ground fits, 